I'll never get tired of hearing the Arcadium Symphonics rendition of the Sevenfold Ascension. Absolutely moving. Storm, you've always had wonderful taste in music. And speaking of moving, we've got some behind-the-scenes sneak peeks at the assembly of some of this year's testing equipment. And I've got to say, I hope our resident clerics brought enough diamonds because this is a killing field if ever I saw one. I mean, we've got 29 teams trying out this time around, which is the most I've ever seen. I'd be surprised if even five of them walk out of this thing not looking like lattice cut ham on Spirit's Rest. What kind of challenges did you face during your proving storm? How do they stack up? Well, back in my day, it wasn't all magical robots and flamethrowing super weapons. We just got dumped in a pit braised at 350 and a thick gravy of starving monsters and left to chew our way out. It was a simpler time. Damn, I'm hungry. Simpler time indeed, Storm. We've got Zverf Neblin Techs on standby, ready to replace and repair any damages to these amazing machines supplied by industry-leading engineers from Andesign, Whitefall, and even Den Mazir. Thanks to the Nexus Enterprise, bringing people together. Stay tuned for more of the blood-pumping action. So the sun shines at early morning over the Five Guild Square. Our team to be now having a brand new patron, contract signed, paperwork submitted, have done a little bit of shopping to gear themselves up for the grand proving to come. And we find them meeting back in the center of the square, having each gone off in their own direction to do some purchasing. What do you now look like that you're meeting up, having geared up on some new things? Arvid had basically just upgraded everything from the plain bluish wraps that he had around him. Now he's got some colorful red and yellow. And then he replaced his uh, piecemeal cloak with a much nicer fur cloak. And he also got himself a big old claymore situation. Yeah. Just an extra sword for Arvid. Like, <laughs> as tall as you are hanging on your back. A backup sword. You're really hoping to grow that third arm sometime. <laughs> <laughs> about Herothax? Herothax spent some money at the sort of, I guess, body modification guild or something like that yeah. to get some iron paint, which is somewhere between, it's like, I guess it's like a temporary tattoo, I suppose. It's a very long-lasting paint. Yeah, yeah. leather and, and chipping does not yeah. happen for a long yeah. time. Typically, typically Herothax decorates their, their chest in swirling patterns with like mud and stuff from the swamp that they lived in. But with the iron paint, these like much more permanent markings. Otherwise, Herothax doesn't wear a ton of clothing, preferring to just kind of like have the free range of movement and showing their scales off. Absolutely. So. Arkham is wearing a very thick, like burgundy, almost blood red cloak with a very, very high collar. Below that, he's wearing kind of themes of gold and kind of pinks and purples, lots of dark, rich colors reflecting the dawn. And he is also now wearing a pair of thick, black sunglasses over his eyes new sword on his belt i believe correct? oh yes and now instead of a short sword i have a rapier and in this town the the very long curved pirate style like cutlass is a very common sort of rapier made and sold so mm, okay. um, that's probably the easiest access but if you want a straight edge one that's your thing that sounds about right to me and then as though the courtyard gets even brighter and a music starts playing in the distance, Chris comes strolling up. What does Chris look like? <laughs> uh, well, Chris uh, took longer than the rest of you, too, because they hit yes. like five stores. Yeah. Uh, Chris really yeah, like had one thing on on his mind. He was like, you know what? I I'm sick of trying to get all this blood out. This like gray, old, ratted piece of mess. So he got a very nice, very pretty red leather Corsair like jacket with some fur and below it as a black and gold vest mm. styling real hard get the hair and makeup and everything oh yeah definitely just like just trimming the edge though he's very nice. sensitive how about his hair, hair Chris? how tall, how is, tall is my hair it's not a pompadour <laughs> we're, we're not we're not going down that route 
No, just normal. It's like nice down and flowing. He's a very like flowy, like easy breezy person. You definitely draw some attention. Probably new shoes, new everything. Mm-hmm. Fully tailored. Fantastic. Only and you best. all uh, meet back up, being almost not recognizing each other for a moment. As oh. you guys kind of meet up in the market and you see the fireworks are still going off. Like this is kind of a several hour long ceremony. People are just celebrating the ships leaving the dock, heading to what's actually a fabricated island far off into the Maiden's Heart, which is where the Grand Proving takes place which is why it costs so much money for the teams because they put a lot of money into the grand proving. A figure kind of hobbles up to you guys. It looks like an older, disheveled, ratty-clothed vagrant of the street. Like, sores on his face are kind of, like, hanging limp. His eyes are sunken into his head. And he moves up to you guys, like, with his cloak kind of wrapped up around him. He says, Oh, my, don't you look like a nice bunch. Very fancy. I like, I like your clothes very much. I don't like yours. Oh, that's unfortunate. I'm not a big fan myself. I've got this for you. And he holds out some paperwork. It looks like one of them's like a city map. And the other one is official laminated like LUQ paperwork. Wow. He says, I trust you've been well since we had dinner. You do this a lot, the uh, unexpected change in appearance, yes? Oh, it's very expected. Mm. Perhaps for you. It's rare to see me in the same face twice. Just sort of a thing. I've gotten you guys some uh, some housing, an apartment that's above a business in the Rot Ward. It's not much, but there's four beds that I've used some of the remaining funds to furnish. You can spend most of the day there. And then this evening, you're arranged to go to the Central Foil, and get on a ship, and find a man named Woodrow. He will ferry you to the island. That's the information I was given. They just said ship, Woodrow, Central foil. All right. Thank I'm you. sure the wharf master can help if you can't find it. Uh, if you want to purchase anything else for your rooms, you might want to wait till you're back from your trip. I like the colors, though. It's very good. It's very good colors. Thank you. So can Chris do a perception check to see if there's anything that doesn't change about him? I would like that very much. Mm, I'm going to use a bit of luck. Ooh, story luck. <laughs> I really want to like know. It. Oh, that's that was cool. A, that was a natural one. Uh, that, was a, that was a 14 first. I seen it. Plus... I guess it's perception, can so it's zero, which so is 14. Can I come with that uh, perception as well? Well, if he succeeds, there's no need. Oh, fine. And you you read people, like this is one of your things, and it's it's super subtle, but just like way, way behind his pupils, there's just kind of like a hint of like a gray, like when he shifts his eyes, mm. you just see like a little reflection of it like way back there. Good to know. You'd have to really pay attention to notice it though. He says, well, I've got a lot of paperwork and meetings to attend to, but I'll see you all out there on the uh, the island, as it were. Best of luck till then. Get some rest. Keep your blades sharp. He'll be seeing us on the island. Perhaps we won't be seeing him, at least not this version of him. <laughs> I'm not sure I'll ever get used to this. And he kind of was wandering off. Pips for fresh bread. Pips. Pips, please. And he's holding his hands out at people. I do not know how I feel about our patron begging for bread on the street. <laughs> does not work well for us. So what do you think we should do? Should we check out our apartment or should we just go straight to the event? Probably have a couple hours before you're supposed to go to the dock. We're fully rested? Yeah, it's the next day. Cool. I mean, we can check everything. out competition. Oh, everything. That would be fun. Mm. Am I also still full of shit? Yes. Awesome. Was that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> Did I miss that? So you can either go to your apartment or go to the docks and check out the ships that are leaving. Proving ground. So I assume we will be fighting other teams for a spot. You have no idea really what sure. the proving involves. I'd like to go see. I think it's good. Mm, sounds good. Let's go. So you guys head down to the docks and there's a lot of traffic heading down to the docks. Like there's literally a crowd of people that are forming to watch people get out onto these ships. And it looks like they're they're very smallish ships. They're maybe only built for like five or six people. There's not like room for like a crew or a cabin. It's almost just like a, a small longboat with very little underneath it. And these groups of four to 
eight at most get out onto these ships and they just sort of take off into the sea. Some of the groups you see uh, consist of, there's one that's like a group of all dwarves. Looks like most of them, uh, at a glance, hard to tell, but you realize they're they're all female dwarves. Hmm. Um, and they seem to be carrying all different kinds of weapons. Some of them are wearing like heavy, like chain robes that kind of hang down to their feet. There's a group that seems to be all dressed in like blacks and grays with like little metal spikes and barbs sticking out of them. They look like they're about half humans. There's maybe some half elves mixed in. And again, you guys are like looking over the tops of people's heads, like at the crowd. Arvid has a slightly better view. There's a few other tall folk around here too, besides Furbolg. Yeah, you get a feel for like all of these groups. The most that you see have a minimum of like five. Four is the minimum size for a team. You you don't see any other with a group of four. What's um, the maximum size for a team? Eight. Hopefully we don't have to fight any of these people. We're a little uh, outnumbered. I know. Mm. Do I see any uh, recognizable barbarians or, or Furbolg? Anybody? anybody uh, go ahead and roll me a perception. Familiar? That's a good I'm question. I'm looking for drow as well. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I will also piggyback onto this and look for other dragonborn. Just, mm-hmm. I know I, they're not super common down here. Fine, I will join this party too, but I'm looking for it for the opposite reason. I want to be far away from them. Twenty-two. Okay. <laughs> nice, good. Sixteen. Is Chris human? Yes. Chris are you just trying human. to avoid humans? Is that what you're uh, trying I'm to do? I'm trying to avoid a subset of humans. Okay. Yes. Okay. I yeah. was gonna say, are you looking for for anyone who's prettier than you and trying to avoid them? Like, Ooh, <laughs> impossible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you don't recognize any, you do notice there, you do notice a few Alcarans, mm-hmm. um, but they are probably people who live in the city. Okay. They're not dressed like they're from the noble houses of the North. They're not mm-hmm. like wearing the Sphinx regalia or the cloaks of the Manticore or anything like that. There are some dragonborn. They are not of your type. Um, you are of a different breed. These are very much the, the classic Northern dragonborn from Alcara. There's like reds and golds. They're very broad chested, short snouted, long tails that kind of taper off to a fine point. They're much lankier than you. There's maybe three out of all of these teams. And you notice there's probably about like 15 teams all getting onto their ships at the same time. And it seems like this is just a, a portion. Throughout increments of the day, new waves will come down to the water, which is when you're scheduled for later. There are not any like furbolgs of any kind but you do notice what looks like probably a tribeman from your region not from your clan or anything but there's the, the 10 tribes that all work together I, I might like recognize their um yeah there's a symbol that they have and it's actually kind of like on a, a metal wheel hanging on their back it's like this horned fish made of wrought iron inside of the circle from the Iron Tide, which are the mountainous river tribes. Um, I'd like to make a note of the team if I can if I can try to remember if I bump into them or... Uh, sure, yeah. You know? and it looks like the group that they're traveling with, you don't recognize the individual at all, but they're all, there's like a half-orc and a very large bearded human who's definitely Dornish, and then the, another human who's the barbarian you recognize, and then this heavy-set dwarf with like pitch-black skin and white beard. Team. It's like the, the big, thick boy team, yeah. <gasps> and if you kind of nudge someone and be like, what's that team? They're like, oh... Oh, that's Daxton's death machine. Fresh in from Dornheim. That's so cool. <laughs> Sorry. No, they're pretty they're pretty brutal. Daxton's death machine sounds like a ska band. It does. <laughs> I was thinking like a new age metal. Yeah, and you just hear some of the names of some of the teams getting like whispered on different lips. There's like the Scarlet Lords and the Obsidian Song and Ooh. the Trillium Blades. One thing before we get on the ship, um, mm-hmm. from here, Heruthax will say, um, I need some time. I have a preparation to make for the night. And I go back to the market where we fought the cat mm-hmm. thing earlier, because that's where they sold animals, right? Yes. Well, they didn't sell them. It was just a petting zoo. Oh, okay. But you might be able to buy animals here. Okay. I, I, I look for somewhere I can buy an animal. That's where I go first, because it's a marketplace and there were animals. They were there. selling horses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can ask around. And there's some livestock like chickens and, and turkeys that have been brought in from sheep. the uh, Lucidian. Are there anchor. any sheep? Uh, we'll say, yeah, you can probably get like a small goat or something like okay. that. Okay. Yeah, goat, sheep, ilk. something like that mm-hmm. works. 
and then I just carry it to like a back alley or oh, something. Oh no. And I butcher it in I the alley. I can see where this is going. Yeah. Oh. I'm glad you said butcher. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a nice term. It's a, it's the gentle way of slaughter the animal. Yeah. I butcher it and I, I spill its entrails on the ground and I spend my hmm. 10 minute ritual, my divination of ritual course, yeah. to see what the future holds. Go I, ahead and make your roll. I love that you said entrails and not entrails. Yeah. Is that just like, like, like it's like, yeah, yeah delicious. Like, I'm going to eat this. Beautiful. The entrails <laughs> come after the appetizer. Uh, that is a six. Nice. A very useful number. Yeah. So, and then looking at that, uh, Haruthax will collect the the creature's liver Mm -hmm. and just swallow it entirely. Yeah. And then sort of hold it there for a few minutes before uh, just regurgitating it onto the ground. Nice. And walking away. And as you turn, there's like two little like peasant children that are like at the end of the alley, just like looking with like this look of terror on their face. And they just run screaming as soon as you turn. You like some goat? Ain't that just the way? (laughs) Haruthax. The trials of the day have proved much harder than you had anticipated. Alone now, in your sunken hut, unable to find rest, you carefully select a handful of strange components from your busy shelf. A sleeping tincture to promote meditation and help you seek the guidance of your internal voice. You curl up on your raised nest of a bed, and sleep finds you. The slowly snaking roots that wrap around your neck and limbs do not disturb your slumber. But as they snap tight, you become aware that you are pulled into the soft earth. Speeding downward, you cut through the mud and stone like a sharp blade, careening at an incredible rate through darkening layers of crust bombarded by soil and rock. In the blink of an eye, you are cast out violently into a dark, silent chamber. You are entangled with white roots that seem to hang onto you limply. You can see nothing, but you know you are not alone. You can hear the twisting and grinding slowly of a massive tangle of roots in the center of the cavity deep within the earth. A heavy breathing starts to fill the chamber with the smell of fresh blood, and a deep voice speaks out to you. You did well today. The child was weak with sickness, and it would have taken many with it. They will not understand, but I do. I can smell the age of your bloodline, young one. You are descended from my children. They told you we were all dead and gone, didn't they? (laughs) Some remain, in one form or another. I can show them to you. I can teach you their secrets. You understand my essence. The strong must flourish and will not suffer the weak. Even the humans who cover the land like a plague have a strength of their own. They are gifted in the ways of destruction, and when they inevitably end themselves, the broken land will be free for me and my chosen to once again reclaim and rebuild. You are above them. You are one of the strong. Go forth and seek your true power. I will be watching, listening. When the time comes, I will show you the secrets of antiquity that you desire. The truth of what you are and where you came from. We are not dead. The strong have survived.
You are stirred awake at once, alone again in your mud hut, and you fear sunrise may have come early, but the light is not of day, and the sound of voices mingling in confusion and anger seem to surround your home. The light is of torches, and it brings the night to life, and the voices rise up into a shouting, shouting for your blood. And would you all like to stay out and about or return to your apartment? Chris would like to uh, just uh, regale Artyom mm-hmm. on his very fine choice in clothing. I like a, I like the, your color choice. Long Looks period, really but you. I'm used to typically wearing mostly uh, gray rags, mm-hmm. so I, I felt I should uh, step things up a little bit. It shows you look very good. Getting fashion praise from Chris is quite the uh, feather in the cap. Do you guys walk through the rot ward? Um, it's much quieter than the uh, the quarter that you were in, which is very busy at this time of day. And you go down a very long alley of what looks like warehouses and businesses. And you get to one that has the address that you were marked at. And it looks like it's kind of a fish processing company where they do both harvesting and things like the fresh fish that come off the sea. This is where they are, are, are gutted and cleaned and shipped out and made nice. And it has a smell. But there is a <laughs> there is a stairway that leads up to what looks like a large studio kind of apartment above the warehouse. Lots of big glass windows that are thick and covered in dust. But you guys can go right up and there is attached to the door a little note with a key. You go inside and there's a very wide, the space, the floor space, beautiful, huge, wafting up through the wooden floorboards is just this kind of gentle smell of cut fish. Mm. Um, the this window apartment is already nicer than any apartment I could actually afford in Portland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the smell is probably not that bad to Herothax. It might, it's like weirdly hungry. Yeah. But the view of the ocean is breathtaking. The water is right there. You can see it out these very big windows. They're kind of dirty, but otherwise it's... A very good floor space, and there's just four very generic beds kind of at the different corners. Are there curtains? There are no curtains. Okay. This place smells like companion dens. (laughs) Mm. And uh, there, Mm -hmm. in the center of it, there is a little... Gross. um, (laughs) um, There's a little stone dais, and over it, there's kind of hovering this sort of rose-tinted crystal. And it seems to project uh, kind of a, a circle of light above it. And you see there, hovering in this kind of illusory circle, what is being broadcast right now by the Nexus Enterprise, which is the flashback uh, to several past seasons of the LUQ. Um, This is kind of the pre-season show that people are watching while waiting for people to arrive at the Grand Proofing. So they're showing scenes from past adventuring famous moments, like the hot moments of the last two seasons. And you see images of like these groups of heroes in armor like charging forward and like battling these monsters and there's like minotaur just like rending a guy in half group that's like battling with this huge mechanical spider like diving underneath it as this huge like tethered mechanoid stinger comes down and starts piercing into them and it's just these horrible scenes of like intense energy and violence spells getting thrown around and every now and then it's muted but you can see it cut to the scene of this halfling with gold hair and a big bow tie um, sitting next to this just like thick necked massive orc with like a crooked jaw dressed in a, like a really nice kind of a business jersey sort of thing very nice hair and they're just kind of chatting back and forth every now and then the, and then we'll cut to another scene the interview that we had with that halfling mm-hmm. has that happened already yep. or are we still getting to that flashback yeah you guys have done that already okay um, so you guys met Kip Killigan, and you actually got to meet him in person, which is a rarity, a big celebrity. And you have just a couple hours to kind of unwind and 
uh, prepare before you go to the docks. That this little, little man. We talked to this little man. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he's quite famous. Oh. Um, he seems to be the representative of the entire franchise. Why did nobody tell me he was famous? I'm a huge ass of myself. <laughs> what do we it know? It is a day that ends in life. What do we know <laughs> about the grand proving? Anything that you've learned is that, one, it's, it's very uncommon for teams to know what's going to happen because mm. it changes every year. And it's also kind of discouraged to sort of like dig into it too much. But all you have access to is the broadcast of the LUQ. They don't show any of the stuff from the last few Grand Provings. But if they did, you're pretty sure it's changed quite a bit. It kind of reinvents itself every year mm-hmm. as the franchise grows bigger and bigger. And the sun, you know, slowly starts to move across the sky. If anyone has any important tasks to deal with before claiming a bed, <laughs> um, they're all pretty identical. There's no other furniture at this point. Haruthax goes out and buys curtains for the big window with a huge view of the ocean. <laughs> sure. When the uh, sun reaches its zenith, I'm going to uh, pray on whatever I can, the roof, whatever the highest place I can find nearby. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think Chris kind of goes out to the hallway and just like chills out and just, like looking for neighbors. Like looking. Oh, you guys see- are the only, this is like one room above a warehouse oh, like you oh. guys don't have like an apartment or anything you have a large floor space well cursed out by the smell he's gonna go outside and get the last few fresh <laughs> and there is a there's a balcony kind of around the outside that would be kind of like a maintenance walk if this was a continuation of the warehouse but it's a good place to have direct sunlight and see the city and get fresh air when i come back i've got like uh like red rings around the inside of my eyes and my skin Whoa. looks kind of ashy and, and burnt i'm just like it was good it's a good place <laughs> Haruthax comes Whoa. back with some like sailcloth and just starts like <laughs> hanging it over the window. Hammering it into the wall. Yeah. This view of the ocean will not do. <laughs> this is how we see the sunrise. What are you, what are you doing? I don't want to look at the ocean. The, well, you can kind of see. isolate your corner. Just with a curtains. shit ton of water. <laughs> I hate to interrupt all of you, but um, I definitely want to go celebrate. Is there anyone else who wants to join me? Oh, I would love some cherry bourbon. I think last time I ate was uh, 16 hours ago. I guess I'm a little peckish. <laughs> okay, so the group goes down to uh, a nearby tavern and gets a little bit of imbibement and sustenance. The time has come for you to go down and find your ship. And as you go down, you realize the crowd has dispersed quite a bit. It seems like maybe the, the teams that had the most funding or the most known probably got the earlier shift and the, the less knowns are getting the secondary shift. And so the docks are much more sparse. There's still like a number of ships out there. And you guys were told to go to dock number seven, which is very small. There's like two big ships and one very small one. It seems like it's made out of like a polished reddish wood. And it has a a figurehead on the end of it that goes off that sort of looks like a reptile, but with like a big pelican beak that kind of hangs down. And it has sort of like wing filigree carved into the side of the ship and has a big sail, but it's just like room for like 10 people to sit down and that's about it. You don't see anyone near that ship, but there are some dock workers kind of checking people in and directing people towards the larger ships. Well, who goes there? Says this uh, gnomish fellow. It is I, Artyom. Nice to meet you, Artyom. Are you here for anything important? He's got a lot of looky-loos coming in from the crowd. We need to keep the dock clear for teams to get to their ships. We are a team. Yes. Oh, okay. Can you uh, not tell by the uh, snappy outfits? You, I, I will admit, you do look pretty snappy. <laughs> <laughs> Those Thank are some you. nice colors. Oh. Uh, so this, you, that's the only team for there. There's your ship right there. Ship is generous, we, uh... but okay. <laughs> and, uh, he what will... he means to say is, uh, <laughs> when can we uh, set sail? As soon as you get on. Are we Let's all go. ready? Let's go. I like frantically pat all my body, just like trying <laughs> to shake you. got everything. <laughs> These are new pockets. Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Phone, keys, wallet. <laughs> it's truth. Uh, 
just loose spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually like pull out several dinner rolls and things like that. And like uh, just kind of snipped from the bar. A little, <laughs> right back. A little of the clove butter. From- <laughs> oh, oh no. Okay. Spent an hour in the sun having it melt into your new coat. There's already grease stains on his new coat. (laughs) (laughs) Only dry food. Only dry food. And uh, as you guys get down near the end of the dock, this kind of loud, booming voice comes out. Oh, there. Fine to meet you. Fine to meet you. All aboard. All aboard. And you don't see anyone on the ship. Well. I'm getting on board. We get talking about this is exciting. And you get this kind of creaking noise as this huge, like, wooden carved, like, pelican dragon head turns around and says, my name is Woodrow, and I am your ship. Holy Woodrow. I get it. This is good. Please, hop aboard. We're on our way to the Grand Proving. (laughs) Woodrow. (laughs) Okay. Chris just, like, slowly creeps on board. New team, eh? Fresh off the dock, as they say. Uh, Yeah, something like that. What's the matter, lad? You look like you've seen a ghost. Aren't you a ghost? (laughs) I'm not a haunted ship. How am I right now? I'm simply a sentient (laughs) construct used by the Nexus Enterprise to ferry new teams to the Grand Proving. Why did they make you Mm. sentient? So I could keep you company and have information in my head. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't like a good talking ship? Why don't the other ships look like they talk? Some of them do. You just got lucky and got old Woodrow, I guess. It also showed on your paperwork that none of you were mariners. Off we go then. Everyone have a seat. We're moving quick. Woodrow. (laughs) (laughs) And there's kind of a pop as the rope just sort of comes loose and the sails fill instantly and the ship just takes off at a very fast clip. Haruthak sits in the middle of the boat (laughs) as far away from any of the railings as possible. First time on the sea, then, young one. Yes. I don't like the ocean. That's quite unfortunate. Chris just puts his hands in his pockets because he's like, I don't know what I'm touching. <laughs> so. Oh, just touch whatever you like. Don't worry about it. I'm here so, for your comfort. He's so salty. Oh. He's so salty. Why is water so salty? I wouldn't recommend drinking that, friend. But it's free salt. Salt is hard to come by, yes? Not out here, it's not. Ah. And it can kill you. Duh. Too much salt. Too much of this ocean, yes. It will dry you out like an old rag. Too much of thing that keeps you alive. Correct. Bah. <laughs> yes, I know. It's quite strange. And he just goes on, like, talking, like, introducing himself to each of you. Like, so, what's your, what's your, what's your whole deal? <laughs> what's your whole deal? <laughs> I've never seen such a ragtag group of outsiders joining the LUQ together. Usually it's a group of elves or a group of dwarves. They seem to kind of form cliques. And here you are, people of all walks of life, united together. It's give me, giving me some hope for the future is what it's doing. We do not uh, base things off of racial prejudice. We brace them off of random chance. And no one would join my team. <laughs> <laughs> we well, are. We the one thing we all have in common is none of none of us have friends. <laughs> well, you've got old Woodrow now, and it warms my sails to see you here with me. And, Woodrow. <laughs> and as the ship continues to sail outward, you guys are at sea for what seems like almost a full six, seven hours. You kind of lose track of it after a while. And there in the distance, coming into view as the sun starts to get further along in the sky, is a huge metal dome built out into the water. 
And it, the bottom of it is all surrounded by massive planks of wood with just docks coming off of it in every direction, like an octopus's tentacles kind of spread out. And there's just sails wrapped all around it, make, looking itsy-bitsy tiny at the scale of this massive dome. And there's more fireworks going off around it. And now for a word from our sponsors. My name is Talcadar. I'm the party barbarian. We've been adventuring for a long time, and sometimes I can't keep my rage up as long as I used to. I was diagnosed with a rage tile dysfunction. It affects two out of five barbarians my age. That's when I discovered. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com r-e-a-l-m now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash realm Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God and we are not its favored children The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine Coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Viagra. Longer, more satisfying rages for me and my opponent. I'm always ready when my friends need me to bring the fury. Ask your party cleric if Viagra is right for you. Contact an apothecary for any rages lasting more than four hours. We keep you raging hard on the battlefield. Viagra. My anger will not be silenced. Printable Heroes is a Portland-based 2D gaming miniature project by the talented digital artist Marshall Short. His full-color, highly detailed pieces can be printed at home and used to bring your game board to life. Marshall's a friend of mine, and speaking as someone with a long background in art, I can say that his art style is absolutely fantastic and translates to the fantasy design so well, it blows my mind. Even as a miniature fanatic, I would happily use any of these designs on my table. 
His goal is to make it easier for people to generate and tell their stories by creating a program full of wonderful artistic resources. Visit printableheroes.com to view the galleries and get your hands on a bunch of free great printable miniature designs. Help sponsor and support Marshall for a ton of additional minis and bonus content at patreon.com forward slash printableheroes. That's P-R-I-N-T-A-B-L-E-H-E-R-O-E-S dot com. Printable Heroes. Visual storytelling aids at your fingertips. This Saturday at the Solar Dome in Anmar, Extreme Justice. Feel the thunder of hopes and the spray of warm blood as the bravest and boldest knights in all of death here clash. In the most action-packed jousting challenges you've ever seen, see your favorite jousting legends live, including Sir Murdoch the Fairmaid, Sir Galen the Kai, and Sir Dormant the Bloodbreaker. Lightning Lance Challenges, the Dire Bear Mountain Halftime Show, and so much more. Get tickets today for Extreme Jousting at the Solar Dome. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. These jousting heroes will move to the top of your list. Kip Killigan here. League of Ultimate Questing t-shirts are now available on Teespring. Check out the episode description for more details. People are getting off of their ships onto the dock and heading into the dome through these massive arched doors. And Woodrow just kind of steers in, kind of whizzes around two slower ships moving at an incredible clip and finds his dock and parks it there. Says, well, it's been a pleasure faring you. Hopefully I have the same group on the way back. You've been such a delight. This was awful after the first hour. I never wanted to do this again. Oh, it's great having the wind in your face and the blue skies above. That storm cleared right up. Ugh. Considering the 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 sea turbulence, yes, it was uh, it was good. Thank Most you. ships you're on, they're gonna make you pull ropes and empty barrels and things. You didn't have to do a thing. I'm a luxury ship. I'll scoop Harithax at, at, at the puddle that he probably is off the middle of the boat. Yeah, Harithax actually is as soon as we get to dock, Harithax just jumps off of the boat uh, onto the dock and and just kind of moves to shore yeah. away from the deep dark water. And there are groups like like stepping over you as all of these different teams, and a lot of them are actually like audience members that have paid a great deal of money to come out and watch live the grand proving, which starts tomorrow. There's just people fucking everywhere, like forming these lines, like at a stadium, narrowing themselves down to get inside. There, from kind of above, like the upper parts of the dome, you see like other little doorways, like walkways that are up there, windows that lead into it. And this little figure comes flittering out of the sky and getting closer and closer to you guys. And as it gets closer, you see that it is a kind of a rectangular shaped metal polyhedron of some kind. Or with axe cast mage armor, just in case. With four little like mechanical wings that kind of hover in each corner. And as it gets near, this central eye opens up and these like two little arms kind of hover out in front of these two little feet dangle underneath it with like curled toed shoes made of metal. It just sort of descends and hovers right in front of your group. With these little metal men. Arvin touches it. What it's just kind of humming with this energy as it's looking at you guys and its eyes like blinking and kind of taking you all in. I just give it a big thumbs up. Hello, I am Reginald 419. <laughs> I have been chosen as your watcher as your entry to the League of Ultimate Questing. Please reach into my cavity. And this little tiny door <laughs> opens up on the front of it. Well, Fingers right in there. I don't know how you did that, but that was impressive. That was, that was amazing. Thank so you. Good. My life is complete now. <laughs> and there are four metal uh, bracelets that are they're very large in size, and they're half gold and half rich purple. 
and they have like what looks like in a carving of a single star kind of where the two meet that's dull like, like it's completely flush and normal metal colored by putting on this bracelet you will accept your entry into the league of ultimate questing and the grand proving it will remain on you is there anything more you can tell us about this grand proving anything <laughs> you are not allowed to have any information regarding the upcoming grand proving it is forbidden during your time, if you succeed at the Grand Proving and become a team of the novice rank at the League of Ultimate Questing, I will maintain my position as your watcher and make sure that you are monitored at all times during adventures. What sorts of things about the Grand Proving should we not know? Maybe you should tell us the things we shouldn't know just so we know not to know them. Do not ask the other teams what they have engaged in in the Grand Proving. Do not try to sneak into the workgrounds of the Grand Proving unless you have been introduced. People will go one at a time for teams. Will we be punished if uh, we ask these things? You will be removed from the League of Ultimate Questing if you break these rules. Okay. You will all be given a quarter to stay in, isolated from the others, and you will be grabbed when the time has come to be entered onto the field. Define grabbed. You will be <laughs> knock at the door. It will be very polite and very up above the water, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Reginald. Reginald. Yes, above thank the you. Water. <laughs> I love these little men. If you put on the bracelet, you will be monitored at all times during quests or trials. Your free time will still be private. The gray star will light up when you are being actively viewed. My job is to maintain that view. If you are in personal time, it will not be lit up. As you grain in ranks, the stars will increase up to five. Do you have any other questions about the operations of the bracelet? Not at this time, no. If the star flashes red, you have either broken a rule of the league or you are off monitor when you are supposed to be. For 24 hours, if it continues flashing, you will be removed from the League. You must check in with the League of Representations to resolve the issue. These aren't easily broken, are they? <clears throat> they are very difficult to break. They are made with powerful enchantments from and design. What if I take it off? You will not be able to remove it unless it is removed by a League official. Good thing this uh, matches my clothing, duh. And I just put it, put it on. And it cinches to be just perfect for your wrist without applying any real pressure. It's very light. Very stylish. And the gray square, the gray star just kind of lights up dully. That will turn white if you are accepted into the league as an official team. Chris also just proceeds yeah. to put one on. Her with X as well. Mm -hmm. If your group improves in rank, you will go to two stars. You will begin as a novice, then you will move on to be a hero, and then a champion, then a legend, and then a paragon. There are only three paragon teams existing in Maginar. What are the names? The paragon teams that exist are the Ivory Lions, the Blue Flame Ascending, and the Silver Penance. Please Thanks follow Reginald 419 to your quarters. You will be grabbed when the time has come for you to enter the field. Please be prepared for both bloodshed and trauma. Hmm. He speaks in third person. Yeah. This is a obnoxious, douchey thing to do, yes? Mm, Part of me is really disappointed we didn't get Reginald 420. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason nice. I picked the number. <laughs> um, and his little wings, we go... As he just sort of turns around and like hovers with his feet dangling above the ground um, for you guys to follow. So we are we're really doing this. Uh, okay. It is too late uh, now. Yeah. Anybody else feel their uh, bracelet getting tighter? Anybody? <laughs> Not me. I'm excited. I've hey. been wanting to do this for years. I assure that your bracelet will remain at a standard diameter. The fuck did he get from? I am a quadron from the plane of logic, enlisted by the Nexus Enterprise for the means of entertainment. I was expecting you to tell us something. It is classified information. I cannot tell you. <laughs> you can ask any questions you'd like about Reginald 419. Do you have uh, ways, ways of making more of yourself? Do you, do you get the uh, business? Do you, oh, do you give, oh no. give other little robot persons? Oh no. The other quadrons and other people of my kind are made by the unit. So, the great, yes. The great singularity that modifies all logic in our plane of existence. Fascinating. So what is your plane like? 
It is very logical. It is squarely made out. Everything is very planned. Parallel lines, lateral lines, X and Y. Fascinating. Sometimes Z. <laughs> Are you How capable? You sometimes Z. <laughs> you will know if you ever go to the plane of logic. <laughs> Are, are there circumstances in which you are obligated to interfere? I will inform you if I am within the proximity that you have broken the rules of the league and tell you how to best correct them. What happens if one of us dies? During the grand proving, if you die, we have enlisted clerics who will resurrect you and your team will no longer pass. And okay. if we die after we've joined the league? Then that is a cost that your patron will have to have to re have you resurrected. You can still continue as a team if one of you is remaining. Which means fancy changing man could just decide he does not want to erase or us. It is common for teams to replace people who have died in the field. The okay. It is not forbidden to have them resurrected and keep using them, though. Yet. Maybe I make myself a little more uh, likable. There have been examples <laughs> of fans creating funds to bring a hero that they liked very much back. Oh, that's somehow I like beautiful. I, I do not believe I'll likely get this many fans. <laughs> Never know. Have you filmed a team before, Reginald 419? You are my first team, and I am very honored to be working for the Nexus Enterprise and being your monitor. Where are we right now? You're walking through a hallway that is leading in, like, kind of lined up with all of these people. And you guys get to go off into a little side route, um, leading you kind of backstage. They're going towards the, like, Coliseum, and you're going back to your quarters, what you were told. And you're going down, like, a kind of a long nondescript metal hallway with all these doors that you pass by with numbers on them. Where we will be kept in isolation until we are grabbed. Oh, joy. I'm not freaking out. I'm not freaking out. I'm not freaking out. I think you're freaking out. I'm kind of freaking out. I'm Dean. detecting a raise in your heart rate. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really like confined spaces. Perhaps you should lay down and drink some water. Uh, y yes, yes, that sounds good. We have arrived at your rooms. 203, 204, 205, and 206. Separate rooms. Okay. Do you have plenty of space? You will be bringing some rations and water within the hour. Rations? Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. The bed should be large enough for even the tallest of your members. I finished. Okay. And the doors just go <laughs> open up. Vertically? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh. see you when you're grabbed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it goes nothing. All right. Um, so you guys are brought into the uh, tiny metal rooms um, with basically a bed that takes up. Think of like a, a college dorm. Like there's room for one bed and like a wall and there's a little table you can sit at. Um, there's no windows. They're a sheen polished metal. Uh, the bed's pretty comfy, though. It looks like it's metal on the outside, but the inside's nice and downy. It's got a big pillow in the center of it. Are there toilets? You have not described a toilet. There is no toilets. OK. I shout hopefully through the walls. These places like palace. <laughs> Chris can't help but like a uh, fast pace around the room. Sure. Repeatedly. And there is a clear mechanism to open the door if you want to leave. Yeah. Gotta deal with it. Uh, I, can, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And an hour passes before a knock on the door comes and you were all given a tray of food. It's very generic. There is like some, some sliced dark bread and a little stew of some kind of like carrot and meat and a large kind of basin of water with a little spout. Mm. Oh boy. Free food too. Maybe we don't live here. <laughs> and when the door opens, even for just a moment, you notice outside in the hall, original 419 is just hovering there. Yeah. <laughs> His eyes closed, but he's just kind of in like sleep mode. Reginald, how much longer? Not much longer. Would you like me to escort you to the restroom? <laughs> no. I'm Would you like to go to the rec hall? Um, no, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. Very good. Anytime now. 
And at this point in the world, it's probably like getting real late at night. It's probably close to midnight since you guys got here towards the evening and you're expected to be grabbed as it were to begin your proving the teams are going one at a time their score is tallied even here like as it starts going you realize the ceremonies has kicked in because reverberating through the metal you hear this loud music playing from probably the center of the coliseum after a couple more hours any of you need to use the restroom they escort you there not a problem very large nondescript non-gendered bathrooms um <laughs> Just like hill giants and stuff taking huge dumps next to each other. <laughs> um, like a halfling peeing next to like a nine foot dragonborn. Just people of all no. walks of life. And eventually, uh, Reginald opens your doors and lets you know. The time for your test has come. The teams will be meeting on the field. Well, here we go. I'm ready. A little chest beating. Uh, yeah! <laughs> Arvid's just pumped. <laughs> Um, and you are led through the field, uh, out uh, through the hallway and through this huge archway. And you see these like spotlights shooting in all directions and this crowd just like roaring. And you see a huge like a grassy field, massive, covering up the entire inside of the dome. And it seems to have tons of lines painted all through at the top of it, like you would see on like a football field, but like multiplied by a hundred. The crowd's going crazy. You hear this vo- this like voice booming out over this enchanted loudspeaker. And the next team up for the Grand Proving is the Mortal Dawn. And this loud music starts going like, and give it up for the all-female barbarian death metal band, Smash Thrash Gash Slash. And this heavy metal like, escorts you as you guys get out onto the field and these like huge muscle human women are playing these enchanted instruments with like ghostly like uh, skin drums as these spirit animals are like forming in energy above them. It's this incredibly crazy loud music. Is it like that? Is it like that scene in Scott Pilgrim where the Yeti yes. fights the... <laughs> yes! Yeah, it's like, but it's like... Ghost animals like, like that. Like a grizzly bear and like this wolf that's like weaving its oh way God. back and forth across yes. the stage. I pull out my flask, take a drink. Let's throw you. <laughs> and I pass it to Arvid. <laughs> uh, and, and the crowd is pretty excited by this brand new team. Con- participating for their first time in the Grand Proving, attempting to join the League of Ultimate Questing is a four-person team. You will be facing, starting with the Trial of Savvy, followed by the Survivatron, a crowd favorite. <laughs> Finishing last with the Battle Royale. This metal door like shoots up out of the field and it seems to descend down underground and it opens and there's a stairway that leads down. There's a couple of people that come out onto the field that are dressed in these purple and gold like official uniforms and they give you guys each kind of a real quick like pat down and make a checklist of all the items that you're carrying on you. Mm -hmm. They make note of the fact that you have poison. You in that case was RTM. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. <Yes. laughs> uh, they they make note that you have some poison. It's all fine. They just you, they detect you guys don't have any magic items or anything that is illegal or forbidden in this kind of trial. And you guys are led underground to begin the first trial of your grand proving. And that is where we'll wrap up. Hi, everybody. This is Zach. And Law. And we want to take a moment and thank everybody who's been a part of this project. We want to thank Sam, who plays Arvid. We want to thank Michael, who plays Harfax. We want to thank Alante, who's playing Christ. I personally desperately want to thank Law for his unbelievable work as our GM, for the huge amount of fake commercials that he keeps turning out that keep killing me with laughter every time I hear them. I want to thank Chris Josie, who helped us with our editing on episode four, and hopefully he'll continue to help us from here on out. We also really want to thank our sponsors so far. They've been super great. But most of all, I want 
want to thank you guys. You have been so unbelievably supportive and so instrumental in our growth. We're doing so much better than we ever could have hoped for, and we just keep growing every single day. If you're looking for more ways to support us, we always appreciate shares on Twitter, Facebook, and any other social media that you have access to. One of the best ways that these things spread is through word of mouth. Feel free to share with your friends, people you think share interests with this whole thing, and it really helps us early on to have comments and reviews and actual direct subscribers on places like iTunes and Google Play. It's unbelievably helpful. And we are going to be releasing every Monday, so please stay tuned to follow that. A little glance behind the screen here, as it were. Some people thought that we might have been scripted, um, and that's kind of a great compliment, so thank you very much for that. But I just want to ensure everyone that kind of how we do this is we're all just sitting at the table playing a normal, actual game of D&D. And as a DM, I don't really use any notes. I'm not reading off of anything. I have bullet points at best, and the characters as well don't have any insight on what's going to happen. This is all completely improvised. Kip and Storm have a little bit of planning, so I hope that's really fun for you all to listen to. There's a lot of really good, exciting stuff coming up with the team joining the League of Ultimate Questing and trying to get through their trials. If you want to go to slapdashstudios.com, you can listen to all of the episodes. You can see some of the images we take of the battlefields. That's always a lot of fun. You can also listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Please subscribe and like those. Leave us some reviews, and you can follow us on YouTube at Slapdash Studios. Watch some of our Let's Plays. That would mean a lot to us. And until next time, we wish you luck. Yeah.